Hey, this is Greg Barron. You're having the honor of hearing me on PF Tape Recorder. But really, just the show's fine. It doesn't need me at all. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, Augie Smith takes a bold stand. The act that I'm sculpting now, I think is interesting that people enjoy. It's basically a very long defense of political correctness, which I think is the hardest thing to do in the world, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to defend political correctness. We'll hear more from funny man Augie Smith in just a bit. Song of the Week is going to be from Zara Larson. I think you're going to dig that. She's currently on the chart with Emanike, but we're going to hear more from her at the end of the show. But first, as always, a dumb bit. Time for another installment of... What kind of nonsense is that? So, of course, uh, Merrick Garland, the Supreme Court nominee put forth by President Obama uh, to the Republican-led Congress, who are not going to take any action whatsoever on his nomination, even though Senator Orrin Hatch, uh, prior to President Obama making the announcement, said, you know, he could nominate a guy like Merrick Garland, and, you know, we can really consider it, give out some serious consideration. Whoops. No, we won't, because uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, in the United States nowadays, uh, it isn't the Congress that and the House of Representatives that approves Supreme Court nominees. Uh, it's lobbyists, and uh, don't believe me? Well, here's Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I can't imagine that a Republican majority in the United States Senate would want to confirm in a lame duck session a nominee opposed by the National Rifle Association, the National Federation of Independent Business that represents small businesses that have never taken a position on a Supreme Court appointment before they're opposed to this guy? Yes, that's right. And he, he didn't even say, like, oh, we don't know where he stands on the Second Amendment or how he feels about small business or entrepreneurship or anything like that. He just comes out and says, look, the lobbyists don't like him, so, hey, what, what are you going to do, right? So, uh, yes, that's the... Uh, that's how this country works now. Uh, lobbyists now decide everything that goes on and um, and leaving the rest of us to say... What kind of nonsense is that? This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Augie Smith is a stand-up comedian originally from Billings, Montana. He now lives in Los Angeles, where he made his way from Portland, Oregon. And that's where we caught up with him. Here's our interview with Augie Smith. Joining us on PSA Recorder is the return of Augie Smith. Augie, how you doing? I'm doing fabulously. And you, sir? I am doing well. How are you? Uh, very good. It's been too long since you've uh, been on the show and uh, been in the pages of City Beat. I was looking over, uh, we did a feature on you last time, and I forgot what a hilarious conversation we had about politics yeah. and the man and getting married and stuff. And uh, So it's, it's been almost four years. Well, luckily there's nothing funny about politics anymore. <laughs> so there's nothing funny to say. Oh if my only God. there was something interesting going on in this world right now. I'm telling you, we, we got... 
we got a couple more months left of civilization. So let's try to enjoy it while we can. That's all I can say. <laughs> Boy, back then... It's I, all going to hell, man. Oh, I know, right? Back then, we were both saying how burned out we were on the whole thing. So that's the end of 2012. And just when you think it can't get... And in 2008, probably people said, okay, that's, this is the craziest it's going to get. And then 2012 comes yeah. along, and you got the tea party and all that stuff. And now it's like, uh, how can we make it even crazier? It's, it's, it's off the chain, yeah. as the young people say. It is, it is quite exciting. Uh, so everybody tries to explain Trump in a different way. And right. here's, here's what I would tell you. Okay. Here's what Augie Smith understands. Augie Smith <laughs> understands propaganda. I understand I, politics, all that stuff. I don't understand policy. I don't understand taxes. I understand propaganda. And uh, there's different ways of speaking to a crowd, okay? Now, most of your politicians... Uh, it's more of a, um, it's like a Southern preacher type style where you raise people up. And then some of them, the more authoritative ones, uh, you're talking down to your crowd so that you, uh, you build yourself up as the leader. Here's what Trump does because Trump is, 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 is American all the way around. He is the jazz of politics. Trump uses wrestling propaganda. It's basically what they do in the WWE when the wrestlers take the mic and they start talking to the crowd. Huh. I just, I wish somebody that was smarter than me could split screen any time that a wrestler, like your Stone Cold Steve Austin's, uh, are some of the really good ones at it, are speaking to a crowd, and then split that with what Donald Trump does. It's exactly that. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with our first wrestler president. <laughs> that's, I think that's what's happening. That would be a great funnier Die video. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's uh, and nobody's bringing that part of it up, but that's that's what. That's yeah, what I, goes up. I have not yeah, heard that. Yeah, I haven't heard that comparison yet. You, somebody ought to be able to help you get that sorted. Yeah, he he always does the thing where it's like I'm not going to say that about him. I'm not going to say that about him yeah. in the crowd. Like, come on, come on, come on. Yes, I am going to say that. <laughs> like, ah, I go bananas. It's outstanding. And, and and then, see, uh, here's the other thing that any politician needs, they need a villain, right? Oh, yeah. So, obviously, he uses immigrants as a villain. But what he really uses is political correctness. What Anytime something he doesn't like happens, well, that's politically correct. Anytime, like, uh, he advocates war crimes. <laughs> and they say, well, you can't advocate war crimes. Look, we can't be so politically correct. <laughs> and so it creates this beautiful straw man. Of a village, because everybody hates political correctness, but nobody knows what the hell it is. Right. Nobody has any idea how to define it. So he just creates that as the villain, and he thinks, "Oh, this guy, he's going to take care of stuff." Oh, we're going to be saying "Merry Christmas" again. What is? How are you going to do that? How are you going to have what a law on the books saying that people have to say that? We, we don't have a freedom to say whatever we want to people during the holiday season. And oh, and he's going to get to Washington. He's going to tell them they're fired. You can't fire elected officials. <laughs> it's not something you're capable of doing. But it's beautiful. And here's the other thing. You know, what if all this stuff works? Has anybody ever mentioned, talked about that? I mean, what if he did actually get a foreign government to pay for our border security? That's, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we just started having foreign governments pay for our national defense, 
That's what an outstanding idea. <laughs> we're going to build some new ships, and uh, what the hell, Brazil's paying for it. Yeah, yeah we're going to have them do it. What, we can do that now? Yeah, yeah, that's what we can do. Well, we, uh, we just, we're going to win. We, we're going to win again. Yeah, we did a bit on the show a, a couple of weeks ago where um, I played a clip of him on Anderson Cooper, and he was talking about the Iran negotiations, which, first of all, his, he didn't even have the facts right to begin with, but he's a great negotiator yeah. when he can make up the situation. I'd go to them and I'd say, uh, we're not giving you the, the $10 billion. Well, first of all, it's not our $10 billion. It's actually their $10 billion that's in our banks. That's number one. And number right. two, he's just like, and then they'll say this, and then I'll say that. I'm like, how do you know they're going to say that? You don't know that. <laughs> but he makes it up, and, everyone, and, and Anderson Cooper doesn't even push back on him. Anderson Cooper's like, okay, that's fine. He's like, he's making this up. Of course he's going to win. Yeah, it, 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 it's beautiful. It, it's <laughs> just, it, it, and we've already given them the money, so ripping up the deal does nothing. We've already yeah. given them the money. You can be against having done that, yeah. but it's done. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, because he believes that we should run the government like a business. That's been, that's been oh, yeah. what people said for a long time. Oh, sure. And here's what I'm going to tell you, America. That is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Businesses and governments are completely different. They have completely different motivations, and they have completely different goals. You should not run a government like a business. For example, a business wants to expand. I don't want my government to expand. A business wants to make a profit. I don't want my government to make a profit. A business wants to put others out of business. I don't want to put other countries out of business. And they always say, oh, well, there's so much waste in government. Really? There's waste? Have you ever seen businessmen on a sales trip or oh, at, yeah. a, at a business convention or whatever, yeah, yeah, they're really tight with the dollar. <laughs> are, are those business Jaeger shots you're buying? Are those are there are those cor- corporate drinks? That I see, I see, I see at the hotel with these people. They don't care. Nobody cares. They spend. They spend uh, well, if if you've ever had a job anywhere, fast food in an office anywhere, for any size company, there's tons and tons of waste. Yes, yes. And no one realizes that. It's like <laughs> you, you, you look forward to being able to waste money. That's yeah. part of being in business. And you know, and I don't <laughs> and I think what we're losing sight of and this is the thing you know, everyone's saying, "Oh, well the, you know, the Republican Party is going to self-destruct." And, and people are, are waiting to dance on the grave. And I'm like, "Well, I'm not sure I really want that. I would like, you know, to have the conversation like, well, where do we, you know, maybe we can shrink government. Maybe government shouldn't do this. Maybe it shouldn't do that. And with having actual real conservatives like from the from the olden days that were reasonable, you can have that conversation. But with these nuts, you can't. It's like it's all or nothing. It's black and white. That's it. That's the yeah, end of it. Well, I think that we've lost pure conservatism and pure liberalism. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like these uh, the, the college campus kids that want to shut down whatever you know con- conservative speaker that hurts their feelings. Right, right. That's not liberalism. Liberalism no. is allowing all kinds of ideas. And liberalism, true liberalism, the beauty of it is that your opinion can change as the facts change. Right. As life goes on, you're allowed to change your views. Conservatism is that uh, you got to be steadfast in your beliefs and they never, ever change. Unless and I- that's, you know, that's part of the damn problem. Uh- but I think the thing is, if the Republican Party was what it says it is, if it really ju- did just stand for a smaller government and more freedom and protections of the citizens, then I would be all for it. Oh, but yeah. a lot of us just aren't seeing that. We're not seeing it. I, I would love to see that. But when you, you know, pass laws saying you can't vote. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's probably not what we're looking for in conservatism. Anyway, the act that I'm sculpting now, which yes. I think is interesting and the people enjoy, is basically a very long defense of political correctness, which I think is the hardest thing to do in the world, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to defend political correctness on the stage to go bananas this weekend. That is my plan. And what way? And if you got a problem with that, America, <laughs> you come tell me about it. <laughs> How are you going to defend political correctness? It, it's not that hard. It's not that hard because political correctness, basically, I, since we can't define it, uh, I've just decided that it's human decency. It's oh, yeah, being, okay. being a decent human being. Yeah. Is, is, and so it's a pretty easy thing to defend in the end. Is being a decent human being. Okay, because that's what I've always so thought. So that's my plan. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because they're always told to, you know, respect others and take responsibility. You know, don't don't be a jerk. And uh, that's uh, yeah. like you said, it gets out of hand when you know, like Bill Maher goes to speak at at uh, at Berkeley, and they all get upset and say, "No, you can't." Well, let let him come and say what he wants to say, and then you can disagree with it. It's yes. not he's not going to like yes. he's uh, not going to punch you in the face after and, and, the speech. People, people can talk and people can say stuff that you don't like. Yeah. People can say stuff that hurts your feelings. That's okay. But I think the problem with, is, like, this is, in America, to me, you can be called whatever you want to be called. Like, that's the thing. Like, my given name, obviously, is not Augie Smith. Right. I mean, a lot of people know my given name is Marvelous Marvin Hagler. <laughs> but I had to change it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being, wanting to be called something else besides... You're given name, it, it, and so if people, you know, when they say, "Ah, oh, well, African American," I don't have time for that. It's just so many syllables. <laughs> Good God, we have to do things. And if Caitlyn Jenner wants to be a woman, it's America. Yeah. By the way, if Caitlyn Jenner can be a woman, you can be whatever you want in America. That's part of the great thing about it. And let's lay off Caitlyn Jenner, first of all, because this, as Bruce Jenner. Did anybody ever talk about the amazing thing that Bruce Jenner did? Bruce Jenner was basically Rocky IV. Bruce Jenner took on the Soviet Union. He was a self-funded dude living with a roommate in Santa Monica or Malibu, I forget which one, training and won the decathlon against this roided-up Soviet monster. And it made America feel good about ourselves. And you do something like that, to me, you get a lifetime pass. To me, it's like, yeah, do whatever you want from now on. You won the Cold War. Way to go. But now, now we forget things pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. We forget things pretty quickly. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, except for Ronald Reagan. We always, they don't seem to forget him very quickly. <laughs> well, they forget I, the bad I stuff. Didn't even, I didn't even get mad at Rocky IV when he made Rocky V. <laughs> you know? So, uh, on the domestic front, uh, you had just gotten married when we spoke last. Uh, how's that working out? Oh my gosh, it's the best thing in the world. I don't know why people don't talk better about it. I'm a uh, I'm a huge fan of marriage. The uh, we did uh, we did the other thing you do is we had the kid. Sure. We had a we had a baby. So now I got an 18 month old uh, toddler running around. Here's an experience from last night that I'm because you gotta understand I've been doing uh, comedy for whatever 26 years or whatever it is. So I haven't been training to be a father. That's never been my life. So. Last night, uh, we loaded up our SUV and we drove to an eating establishment called Giggles and Hugs. Giggles and Hugs. Yeah. Most of my Saturday nights have been spent in bars 
drinking alcohol, talking revolution to the masses. <laughs> but last night, I was trying to get into giggles and hugs. So we get there, and uh, the girl says, it's going to be an hour and a half wait. Hour and a half wait. So I see what's going on here. She's looking for a little, get her get beak wet. She's looking for a little dough. So she wants to get greased. <laughs> I see what happens here. Right? So I reach for the dough, try to give it to her. All of a sudden, I'm offending her. What's going on? So what? I can't, I, look, I, I say to her, look, Peyton, this is the yeah. worst shakedown I've ever seen in my life. I got a Red Robin, I got a, I got a Cheesecake Factory, and I got a McDonald's Playground within walking distance of this place. So you better tighten up your ship, giggles <laughs> and hugs. Do you tip? Do you, do you, tip them? do you tip them all Santa? Do you tip them all Santa? This is a real question. I didn't know. We go to see them all Santa. So I go to tip him. He makes like a huge deal about how uh, either take it or don't take it. Don't make a big deal about, oh, no, you don't have to do that. Then somebody told me, we'll tip them if they do something a little extra. What is it? Yeah. What's the extra with the mall Santa? But here, here's a twenty. Try not to traumatize the kid. Yeah. I don't want him to be afraid of fat men with beards because I'm planning on letting myself go <laughs> later in life. So, what about the tip jar? When they have but the tip jar out, fatherhood in general is kind of awesome, you know. Oh yeah, I've done it twice. How many you got? Two. 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 Oh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan all the way around. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. In fact, uh, you know, there's stuff they don't tell you, though. You know, I mean, there's there's things that you, you should know. Uh, it does it does damage to the wife, right? It does like there's it's 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 not it's not good physiologically for people. But uh, yeah, then the kid comes out and everything uh, everything I suppose changes. You take on that responsibility, makes you a better person. I suppose is the idea. I don't know. I would think so. Yeah, I hope so, right? <laughs> it better. I don't want him to be raised by a 20-year-old me. Yeah, yeah, exa exactly. Yeah, totally. Because, yeah, because my wife is like... I have no idea how a 20-year-old me lived to be 40-year-old me. Oh, I know, right? Well, this, that's... <laughs> we made it. My wife always says, oh, I wish I w w were young again. And, of course, the fact that she looks 25 uh, is probably a part of the problem, too, because she looks amazing. But she always says, oh, "I want to be young again." Yeah. I'm like, "Not me." I mean, it was fun. I don't, you know, it was. I don't look back and go, oh, "That was horrible." It was most of it was a lot of fun, but I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of it's yeah, nice. Yeah, the worst thing to say to your wife at that point is, "Well, I want you to be young." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, fortunately, I want to look good to my friends. Fortunately, that's sorted because, uh, yeah, it's just like uh, it's funny because we. Uh, I was doing a trivia gig a couple nights ago. And I said, oh, well, there was a one really loud table of people that were close to our age. And she goes, you mean close to your age? And we're only a year apart. And I'm like, yeah. So now I come home and I thought, well, there was one group of table, you know, there was some college kids closer to your age. <laughs> and then there was the other crowd closer to my age. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice thing. I, I got a, uh, a younger uh, hot wife, and it's, uh, it's a nice thing. It makes you feel successful. <laughs> may may that fall into every man's life as a younger hot wife. Yeah. Well, how much younger is yours, if I may ask? Uh, we got ten years. Ten okay. years between us. So it's not. It's uh, like she has more of a grasp of Saved by the Bell than I do, <laughs> uh, which I think is a good thing. I have more of a grasp of Family Ties. Okay. So, All right. You know, 
we we, we stumble over things uh, <laughs> over pop culture references every once in a while. But but we bring it to but we all uh, we all agree on Full House. So we all we all that. learn from each other. Yeah. Did, did have you watched the Fuller House? I have not watched the Fuller House. People yet. are people There's are mad so at it. So much stuff to watch now. There's oh yeah. So much TV. I mean, I've, I've never seen Breaking Bad. No, oh, you got to watch it. So I'm just yeah. going to sit down for 80 hours and watch a show. It's, it's I got to live a life, man. I understand. Yeah. Well, I got through Breaking Bad. Be- well, my wife wanted to watch it. We watched the first episode. She hated it. So I just watched it on my phone after she fell asleep, and it took me. Couple of months to get through it, and then um, I'm I'm slogging through Mad Men right now. And we watched Fuller House out of curiosity, and people are mad at it. And I never was a like huge fan of the original show, but the the Fuller House, at least the pilot, was fine. There was nothing wrong with. It. I had a problem with one joke, which I thought they kind of beat over our heads. But you got a Beach Boy song in there. They sang a Beach Boy song in the middle, uh, which was excellent. And uh, it was just like the old show used to be. I mean, I don't know what what people are all upset about. Well, yeah. Well, the original show was terrible. Right. I mean, it wasn't funny and they in any way it. at all. But and they all, they it, all it know it. Something about the characters that right. you felt like they were your friends or yes. whatever. Yes. So you kept up with them. Yep. I, and you know what was the sad part is they originally shot the pilot for the original show Full House with a different actor than Bob Saget. I think I recall that. They wanted yeah. Saget, but he was doing something else. Right. And that poor sap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty years later, they're still doing that show. And he's driving an Uber around the valley in L.A. trying to tell people that he was Bob Saget. Yeah, uh, and I've talked to, I've interviewed, Coulier's been on the show, uh, Saget's not been on the show, but I've interviewed him before uh, for some papers, uh, for the Miami paper, I think it was. And uh, those guys know what time it is. I mean, they're not, they know they're not fooling anybody. They, it, what, the show was what it was, and it had its appeal, and it, it's fine. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I know Coulier a little bit, not not real well. Uh, but you know the story about him, that, that song uh, Alanis Morissette yeah, yeah. wrote, uh, right. I Want You to Know? Sure, sure. I think everybody knows it. That, that was written about Dave Collier by now, right? Right. I think the cat's out of the bag on that. Isn't that the craziest story? <laughs> 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 it's one of those things you hear, and, and it's like that, uh, that uh, what's his name, Marilyn Manson was on The Wonder Years. You know, like, there's no way that's true. Oh, I love that one. It is actually true. Oh yeah, see that that was that I I was just mentioning that the other day to my wife. As a matter of fact, the uh, Marilyn Manson the kid was on Wonder Years because that was the last great urban myth that couldn't easily be debunked by the internet. It was right at the dawn of the internet, so I think that was really our last great urban myth because it took a while for people to you know to uncover that and go, oh no, that's not really possible. Where now you just go to Snopes and oh, that's not true. But this is all pre-Snopes. And you want to, you, it's one of those things yeah, you, you want it to be true. true. We can't have a great big lie anymore. Can no, we, we can't. Ah. Yeah. The internet's ruined everything. It's <laughs> all of its facts and truth. I know, right? <laughs> and yet people still don't use them. People put up these ridiculous memes, especially a lot of our, our founding fathers said this. And you look it up in like two seconds, like, no, they didn't. Uh, James Woods for a long time had this bogus quote from Thomas Jefferson, and you go to the uh, Monticello.org, which runs his estate, and it has a whole bunch of bogus quotes that he never said that go around the internet. And I even linked that. I said, James Woods, please take this down. He never said this. It's, it's, a, it's a nice quote, but please take this down. Finally, he, he switched it for another quote that actually is real. But, uh, boy, that guy's nuts. And people don't understand that we have, we have a responsibility to history. Yeah. In fact, it would be nice if they said these things. Like there was a one, a whole a high school had a quote from Ronald Reagan up 
that was what was it? Everything I I've needed to know in life I learned in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> he never said. No. He never said that. I'm Somebody sure. just said that he said it and right. they put it up. Yep. I'm telling you what. Man, crazy. Well, uh, it was good talking to you again. Sir. That, oh, uh, oh yeah. Did you see uh, Trump? Uh, that, so he said that that guy that ran ran on the stage with ISIS, and uh, it was because of a bogus video that somebody had made. And uh, so he had the great line to check. I says, "What do I know? I only know what I see on the internet." <laughs> oh, wow, well, that's perfect. I love Trump's that's defense. Exactly who we want in charge. Oh yeah, and Trump's defense of uh, of the, the the Muslims cheering in New Jersey when the towers came down. Many many people tweeted oh, me and said that's true. Oh okay, well then it must be true. <laughs> Random oh, people tweeted you. Yeah, a lot a lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying. Yeah yeah. Yeah, and uh, then the unemployment rate is forty two percent. Yeah. Really, <laughs> it's forty two percent. That is amazing. So you're telling me nearly half of the people I know are unemployed. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, that's surprising. That is surprising. It is, that is pretty shocking. Um, well, you, you wouldn't just say it. No, because I'm out afraid to be proven wrong. But I guess you don't have. You know, that's that's the, the beauty of all this. Because you're not allowed to lie in the business world. I mean, on reality television and business, you don't lie. No, you have <laughs> to, you have to tell the truth. There's checks and balances <laughs> when you own everything. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I know, right? Well, cool, man. Uh, appreciate you taking the time here. I know you got to get back to taking care of your uh, toddler oh, son there. I got to tell people, uh, yes. so the, the reason this weekend is exciting is I'm doing a new CD. Oh, great. Uh, so, it, yeah, the whole thing is uh, it's going to be a CD taping all weekend. So if you've ever seen me before, it, uh, it'll be new material. And uh, if you've never seen me before, what the hell, man? Yeah. What do I got to do? Highly recommended. Right? Exactly. Highly recommended. We'll make sure uh, folks... Not only in Cincinnati, but the 5,000 or so people uh, across North America and around the world that listen will uh, look up your tour dates and uh, go check you out as well, especially after this hilarious conversation. Yeah, right. Yeah, so totally. And, uh, well, great, man. Um, uh, we will hmm, maybe try to check out Thursday. We're still in town. We're going out of town at the weekend for, uh, for Easter. But uh, maybe I can convince the wife to come over. You can meet my hot 25-year-old-looking wife. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, and agree I'm, to be I would be up. very excited to do that. I might even leave you a ticket if you're, uh, yeah. All right, man. If you decide to do that. I'd awesome. That'd be terrific. All right, man. Well, All great. Right, Have a good rest of your weekend. Thanks. All right, man. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Augie Smith for being on the show. To find out where you can see Augie, head to AugieSmith.com and check his tour page. You see the uh, credits real quick. Um... Original music composed and performed by John Ropolis and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Let me see. Logo by Dan Coble. Dan and Logan's podcast is back, but it's got a new name. It's called Skronk. Uh, they finished up Magic Potion and kind of drifted into this thing called Skronk, so do check that out. Um, I do not have a website for you. Uh, I'm sure if you Google Skronk Podcast, though, it'll come right up, or you can check it out on iTunes. They're on iTunes now as well. Don't know what happened to Dan and Megan's podcast, if they're going to be doing that. You know, they were reviewing TV shows and following kind of the popular serialized TV series. Don't know if that's going to be making its return. I'll keep you posted. Uh, Let me see. I am doing uh, Last Call Feud. It's kind of a different kind of trivia game at Tavern on the Hill on Tuesday, let me see, it'll be what, March the 29th, so if you are in Cincinnati and are in the Mount Adams neighborhood, do go there and check it out, it's a lot of fun, 
So that takes us up to the song of the week. It's by Zara Larson. I like saying it the way uh, Scott Mills says it on Radio 1. Zara Larson, uh, currently in the top 20 in the United States with Emenike. Uh This is their first appearance, I believe, in the Hot 100 for either of them. Uh, they have both had a lot of success over in Europe and the UK. I, I like to separate those because our, our uh, British friends don't consider themselves to be part of Europe as a rule. But uh, Emenike has had a lot of hits over there. Uh, Sarah Larson has had a couple. And uh, they are now together uh, at number 19 with Never To Forget You. But we are going to play Zara Larson's uh, solo song. It's called Lush Life. came out last year. It is number three in the UK. It, is not char- it, it has not charted here in the United States, excuse me. But uh, it's, a, it's a banger, as they say. The song is called Lush Life, uh, PS Tape Recorder, Song of the Week. So long, and thanks for listening. I live my day as if it was the last. Live my day as if there was no past. Doing it all night, all summer. Doing it the way I wanna. Yeah, I'ma dance my heart out till the dawn. But I won't be done when morning comes. Doing it all night, all summer. Gonna spend it like no other. 